0: Let's start off with a prayer. Om
1: Sahanaavavatu Sahanaubhunatu Sahavivyam Karavavahai Tejasvinavadhi Tamastumavidhishavahai
0: Om Shanti 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 So, um, in the last uh, satsang,
1: okay, before that, I think we'll do the same ritual what we did. Any volunteers for
0: chanting 16 to 20 today?
2: I can try.
0: <laughs> awesome. There you go.
2: But we do recap first or I do the chanting first?
1: Let's chant it and then we, we
3: can recap.
4: Okay. Nyanena tutadat nyanam, yesham nashita matmanaha, tesham adityavat nyanam, prakashayati tatparam, nyana nirdhuta kalmasaha, Vidya vinaya sam panne Brahmane gavi hastini Shuni chayva Pandita samadarshinaha Ehaiva sargaha Ye shamsam yesthitam manaha Nirdosham hisamam Brahma Tasma brahmani tastetaha Naprah priyam prapya no brahma vid brahmani sthithaha.
1: Wonderful. Thank you Alpana. Thank you for that. So, um, in the, we are doing, you know, 16 to 20 today, and in just to quickly summarize uh, last week's uh, satsang, I, I think um, uh, when we started off Chitra asked a very, Powerful question. Is this a repeat of what we've been doing from uh, from the previous uh, shlokas or uh, and something to that effect? You know, I can't recollect the golden birds now, but uh, something to that effect. But, and then we went on to completely discuss and understand what exactly is uh, the path. Uh, maybe we recapped the entire karma yoga, jnana yoga, and the differences between karma yoga and jnana yoga, which is... Uh, are they in parallel? Are they in sequence? Are they in sequence? We discussed that, and uh, then we also talked about uh, you know how exactly uh, uh, the difference between the uh, sannyasa ashrama and the diff- and the uh, gruhastha ashrama. Uh, I mean, basically the uh, the path of uh, uh, karma yoga and the path of sannyasa yoga. And uh, and basically, in both, we, we kind of you know clarified to ourselves in terms of uh, uh, the fact that in action always is there. It's uh, you know letting go of actions means basically having the attitude of karma yoga, karma yoga within ourselves. So um, I think that was a very powerful discussion. I really enjoyed uh, last week's uh, uh, discussions. But uh, honestly, you know, I'm not able to recollect a lot of what we discussed. So, maybe if any one of you can add on to uh, what we discussed, some salient points from the conversation last
0: week, then we can kick off this this uh, satsang today. Okay. So let's go to uh, slokas 16 to 20. And as usual, um, anyone can start with your aha.
5: I'll start with, I think, one of the aha from last week, right? I couldn't find the slogan in the end, uh, but uh, it's sloka 514. Um, you know, where uh, I think the week, uh, two weeks before, there was a, we were talking about uh, who's the creator, right? Who manifests the reality type of question. Uh, you know, if you look at the sloka 514, right? Um says and the embodied, you sp- know, the action, uh, um, the body uh, does not create activities, nor the nor the God induces us to act, right? Nor does he create the fruits of action, right? So there's no, so then the question is, where does the action, all the drama comes from, right? Uh, so then it, it says the Swabhava is where the, everything comes to life from, right? To me, the, to me the aha moment is, um, so if you take the Swabhava out, right? The identity that the smaller identity that we carry loosely translating it right if you take that out then then there's no reality right there's there's no doer there's no doership there's no him there's no me there's no other um you know i think that's kind of the i think we were, we were talking two weeks back so to me this sloka when, when i read last week was like a big aha oh wow this this word this sloka also means that was just an aha that you know the swabhava creates the reality that we are in right if you take the swabhava out there's just as whatever that oneness or one or whatever we call it, right, the Advaita, the God. Uh, To me, that was just like a big aha from that 514 last week. Just wanted to, yeah, I couldn't share in the end, but I I couldn't get the shloka, so I'm just starting with that.
6: So even in this week's uh, shloka, number 17, the explanation, uh, somewhere it says that, you know, one, God realization is the last stage of growth and thereafter to be the supreme is the goal of all evolutionary struggles to achieve which the ego had in its self-evolution roamed about so long in the field of its own self-created world of finitude and imperfections. So, yeah, the fact that this is all created by, our
5: own ego, right? Correct. So you take that out, right? The, the reality question then becomes what yeah. is reality, right? So if you take the ego, or
0: that part out. But, you know, the uh, although it seems pretty clear uh, after having come to
1: roughly about 372 pages, theoretically, it seems clear. But it's really, really hard to really take away the ego. Oh,
6: yeah. No,
1: That's
0: no, the reality no. yeah, of this yeah 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 the problem yeah, is then... if you
2: try to take away ego it creates bigger problem right because <laughs> then you we, giving an identity to take it out so
0: i'm reading drop
2: hmm. <laughs> i'm reading this uh, description of uh, 13th chapter by swami akhandanand saraswati it's really deep, and he goes into that. Ignorance is actually in ignorance, and meaning the the ignorance where it resides, and the uh, subject, not the subject of subject, not the subject object subject, but the area of uh, uh, what is it called operation. Op- yeah, that both is the same ignorance. So it's not that the ignorance is in brahma and that needs to be removed and that's where the confusion what we're talking about the ignorance is in ignorance itself
6: <laughs> yeah and they say ignorance is uh, what birthless or no cause for ignorance it is just...
2: yeah it's uh yeah. it doesn't have a cause but but yeah so when you try to think in that way then it becomes clearer why it is so difficult to drop the ego because we are trying to drop ego using the ego which is not possible
5: mm. and that, that is why the need of a master is becoming more important yeah. right because then uh, it's like the prime minister himself is the thief right so you are the, the, the head is a thief right so you are you're taking his help or he becomes a police, so of course, he's going to have a hidden agenda. Right? <laughs> he's not never going to catch the police. Correct. And, and, and uh, I, I can say from experience, you know, that that becomes very, that's uh, that important aspect of guru. A lot of times, in fact, the mind will cause a conflict with the guru when you're with the guru. Uh, and and my, my guru always will say, you know, it's, it's your mind versus me, right? As long as you s- go into, settle into me, then you, the mind will lose, right? But if you give away, you know, to the mind, then guru will lose. Uh, so that's always a, the the journey between the master and the disciple is that that uh, whom where do you, where do you fall when when the world breaks loose right <laughs> to guru's words or to your mind? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's very subtle. I think that's that's
1: one one relationship where it's like the two railway tracks, not like the husband and wife railway track going in
0: parallel, but this railway track has to converge.
7: But then are you saying, Alpana, that uh, you cannot lose your ego or your small eye identity without knowledge? Yeah, Other you can. Playing that sort of ignorance lose or do lose.
2: Yeah, so the ego will lose itself. You will not lose that ego. You will lose... Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, what yeah, this that's what they're
0: saying, right? Uh,
2: mm. So very interesting definition of even acharyo pasna. Uh, they say uh, Upasana is to sit next to your Acharya, right? So the way he explains is uh, not physically sitting next to Guru, but where Guru's Vritti is. You take your Vritti close to it. That is upasana. So
6: what, what is Vritti, sorry Alpana, what is what, so what
2: Guru is established in. So Vritti is actually modification of mind. So where the Guru mind. is established. So to he is established mind. in Brahma. So trying to make your vritti as Brahmakar is actually So, And and I think to Mukhu's point, it is very hard to explain what Guru teaches. It is not the words but they somehow break the barrier of the physical um, obstructions that we face and it works more at the metaphysical level. So you can actually sit with him, not physically, but where they are established, because that's the same place, Brahman.
1: And I don't know if you, if you remember that analogy of a wasp and a bee that we read somewhere. I don't remember which book that we read. Atma
0: bodha, I think. Atma bodha.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Where uh, the the uh, the wasp uh, you know uh, changes its uh, nature just because there's a constant uh, uh, buzzing of the bee. Within it to it, and then it it also becomes like a bee.
0: So that's the synchronization that I think we are talking about.
5: Yeah, that's that's a good example. Actually, that's a good way to. And I, I think the bee, the wasp stings, right? So it's not an easy journey. So it's that's a guru. <laughs> the the true guru, you know. It's not like, you know, you're you're sitting in nicely in an AC room, right? Then that's, that's exactly the process. And that's why, you know, when this thing happens, sometimes the disciple will want to run away. The mind will kick in, right? Um, My guru always says it's the surgery without anesthesia, (laughs) right? But it's a lot of compassion. (laughs) That's what he says. Surgery is done without anesthesia, but with a lot of compassion.
7: You know the more I read this chapter, the more theoretical it begins to sort of sound to me, because like you said, we've kind of been here before. And where I'm I mean, I, I kind of keep feeling like this is the same thing we've heard like a million times now. And I'm struggling with sort of how to make it a reality. And so, you know, I kind of get lost because it seems to be saying the same thing over and over again, which is helpful. But beyond that, I just sort of start wondering where does it go from here for me? So it was a bit of a struggle. I mean, I I mean, I, you know, last couple of... Uh, sessions, you know, from five, ten onwards, having understood the theoretical part about the lifestyle of sanyasi versus versus Grehastha. Everything beyond that is more of what we've known before, Bodha chapter four, maybe some of it, chapter two, a lot of it. Yeah, it's a bit sort of I'm feeling a bit lost, I have to confess.
0: Well, I would interpret it as follows, right? I think it's basically
1: it, it basically means that this this is quite well understood by you that you don't find any new new thing. It's probably a repetition, which is which is okay,
0: because yeah, at the end is of the day, I mean
7: that is that is a fact. Uh, and even though, like, I loved seventeen because it seemed to suggest a path, which I have to say I didn't fully grasp. But really, is talking about sort of first you kind of turn your intellect towards Brahman. then you kind of get Nishtha around it. So it, it kind of seems like the same process of, you know, going through the steps of Sadhana Chatushtaya, which is prepare yourself, and then Shravana Manana Nedityasana. And like, I'm like, yeah, this is like a nice sounding shloka, and a lot of people seem seem to kind of talk very highly of it, which, which is fair enough. but then, I'm like, okay, all this is understood, but how do I convert this theoretical understanding, knowledge, whatever I'm going to call it, into something tangible? And that's that's what me, I'm talking, but I'm not talking about others, but that's kind of where I am.
0: So I don't know how to reconcile that in a way that it's sort of it's, it's, it's more useful, meaningful for me. So, Ajay,
1: maybe I can take a shot at uh, short at explaining the way that I have understood this, right? I think um, this chapter is clearly saying that uh, the protagonist, Arjuna, okay, who had wanted to run away from the battle. okay, now we we'll use that in the same analogy in our own life. Let's say that we come to a point where we want to run away from the battle of life, okay, for whatever reasons, okay, at that point of time, the intellect needs to understand that that's a wrong choice to make. Okay, the reason why it is a wrong choice to make is that just by changing the environment doesn't mean the mind will get peaceful all the time. For some time, yes, it's like taking a vacation, going to a hill station, if you're in Chennai or some some place like that. Yes, for the first few days, you will, you will love that change in the weather, change in the environment. But after some time, the same boredom will settle in. Same drudgery in the mind will settle in. The physical circumstances can be different. So the way that you need to, uh, uh, when I say the, the way that one needs to uh, understand this is that these changing the circumstances is a temporary reprieve and a respite that you have from the struggles what you're going through. Whereas the real, uh, uh, real respite and permanent, uh, uh, permanent uh, re- resolution of the troubles can happen only when we change the way internally that we think about the situation. Think about our own selves. It's either the self-identity or the situation costs self-identity. We have to shift that. That shift can happen only when the emotions and the sense organs are not externally driven, where you see a lot of in- importance attached to it. And for that emotions and sense organs to, to drop their uh, pursuit, the intellect has to be uh, the intellect has to be convinced of this argument that you are not this embodied uh, you know person. It's just a set of clothes that you're wearing on today, and you might change that clothes tomorrow. You are somebody else beyond that, and then you go beyond that and say, okay, it's not this embodied emotions that I am. I'm somebody beyond that. It's not even the person that was deciding it. But unfortunately, that is that same pers- that same entity within our own mind that has to say, okay, what I am doing is based on my limited understanding of who I am today. Okay, somebody else is saying, the scriptures are saying the, who I am is totally different. What if I start moving in that direction to see how my activities are going to change, whether that's going to give me my peace or not. So then it means finally, if you have to move in the direction of who you truly are, What it actually what this chapter truly says is that at the end of the day, all you got to do is move from karma to karma yoga.
7: Yeah. With the understanding that you are Brahman. I I, I, I get I get that, Rajesh. And absolutely. So I I think my 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 challenge or impatience is really on account of I get that. And if you're telling me that's the kind of answer of chapter five, going from karma to karma yoga, I'm like, I kind of understand that theoretically. Uh, and yeah, I, I need to do a lot more before I can get there. Uh, and I, frankly, I think the fact that we were in this period of lockdown COVID actually helped sort of be less uh, sort of materially oriented, if you will, which has changed now because again, I think we're kind of back to being busy, which is which means that your your focus is less, right? And uh, yeah, I mean... I. It, and I think I think partly it's got to do with the fact that Chapter Five, in some ways, I mean, other than a lot of analogies and a lot of good good ideas, isn't saying anything new, if you will.
0: And that might be part of my my struggle, if you will. Um, yeah,
7: yeah, yeah. In my mind, I'm like, okay, this is all good, but now I want <clears throat> to get to the next stage. And so, yeah, that that's the impatient part of me.
0: I don't
7: hey, like
0: hi. uh not resonate anyone, but this is how I, where I am right now. Hi. Um, actually,
8: um, I think I'm very much with Ajay on this because um, a lot of times when you sort of reflect on yourself, um, you know, sometimes we have the understanding that even if I accept it, right, um, that <clears throat> Brahman is present everywhere, and the fact that you know uh, everybody is Brahman, etc. Even if I accept that fact but I'm still not able to, you know, overcome my ego. Okay. And I still keep asking this question to myself. Am I there? Am I there? When I say, when I ask this question, am I there? It indirectly tells me that I'm still in the journey. I'm not reached the destination. Because once you reach the destination, there will not be any questions to ask. Yeah. So so, so to me, I think the very fact that I'm asking this question, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I going in the right direction is, is an indication to me that I'm on the journey, I'm still not reached the destination. Okay, so that's one one aspect which I've taken from the first thing. <clears throat> um, the other thing which is coming up very uh, interesting for me is that I think since you are in the journey, um, there is obviously you know need to know you know what is it that is the prerequisite for the journey, right? And for me, those answers are there in you know uh, the twentieth verse, but in the sixteenth verse, actually, he says that um, you know when ignorance, uh, when you have the knowledge, ignorance ends and ego ends, and, you know, the mind is nullified, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So for me, I'm still on the journey. But what is interesting for me is, uh, you know, uh, chapter, I mean, the the verse 17, where I think, uh, no, sorry, verse 18, where I think they mentioned that equal vision is the hallmark of realization. You know, I think that really hit me very hard, because, <clears throat> you know, if you really have to start understanding that brahman is something that is manifest everywhere i think we need to appreciate the fact that you know there is no difference between you know the self that is there in you and the self that is there in everybody else to that of a cow uh, you know elephant etc 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 so i think the starting point for me is uh, you know when you start to think about equal vision and very nicely he concludes in you know the verse number 20 that <clears throat> for a person who is unaffected by the presence of good or bad. Okay. Um, intellect is steady. And when the intellect is steady, the delusions have ended. And when the delusions have ended, the you know you become an instrument for knowing the Brahman. And when you get to know the Brahman, you then finally become Brahman itself. Okay. I thought these four points that he mentions, there is basically the steps that we take towards this journey. And I think the starting point there uh, for realization is the fact that, you know, that you have equal vision uh, and you sort of, you know, uh, what we call Samatwam, right? Uh, something that you, <clears throat> you know, uh, try and appreciate that there is a bigger, you know, <clears throat> uh, what do you say, uh, meaning to this drama of life. And, uh, you know, that that's where I, you know, my aha moment lied as far as this uh, four verses are concerned. Yeah. yeah.
9: Beautiful. Kishore?
8: I hope I'm sounding better. Am I or no? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you.
9: Okay. Um, Ajay, thanks for bringing this up. I I, I think it's a very relevant. Uh, something I'm sure most of us are either dabbling with it or, or will dabble with it um, and struggle with that. So I, I did and uh, you know you put it very eloquently uh, um, and uh, I didn't know this was the question at that time when I went through that, but in hindsight, it seems like that would have been the case. Um, and the more and more we, uh, at least this is my perspective, the more and more I understood or got introduced to the theoretical aspects of it, uh, whether in Upanishads or other books like Bhikta Shri or or um, other Aparoaksha uh, 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 the little I... Like, Heard, you know, it was the same thing, right? It's providing information in various ways, uh, trying to uh, get to you and make you understand in a way that would be uniquely um, suitable for you. But so it is provided in different, different ways. So um, even in Upanishad, it's going to be the same thing, right? It's going to be uh, the same thing again in different ways. Now, then the question is, uh, at least for me, is okay, I, I, I get it intellectually, I, I get it, uh, maybe, or at least uh, partially I get it. So then what does it mean uh, on a day-to-day basis is how I was also struggling with this. Uh, and then my conclusion um, was that, hey, I, this, is, uh, this is probably what they meant by saying, hey, they were not kidding when they said Sadhana Satushram is a free Um and, uh, you know, um, to, to uh, so turn my focus quite a bit towards that and um, uh, yamas and niyamas, if you will, uh, because I realized that to the prerequisite is a is a very calm, tranquil mind and that stays tranquil throughout the day, no matter the situation. Right. So. I know one way is obviously to have this knowledge support that mind so that it can be that way. That is one way of looking at it. I call that the top-down approach. Uh, There is also the bottom-up approach where we are working to uh, slowly remove the impurities. So I think both these approaches can work in parallel, and I I think that's what will happen. Um, So my attention quite a bit bit turned towards that, uh, knowing that at some point it will click. The theory will, or the intellectual understanding will become more revived when the environment is ready, and uh, uh, and it will just happen, right? So the attention turned towards making um, the mind, uh, working on the mind, making it more and more tranquil. So uh, to that end, obviously um, the focus turned to like the values of values, looking at what is causing that agitation, right? What are the things that causes which is again unique for each one of us in terms of these samskaras. So, and um, trying to eliminate or reduce um, that, right? So that's kind of, I, I would say being my journey uh, in,
0: in, along these lines. Yeah. Well articulated, Kishore. Thank you. Perfect. Any reflections from you, ajay
7: no, no. I, I think you know. I, I get all of that, and uh, I think uh, you know, the two things which I kind of wanted to mention here. One is that, you know, going through this chapter five has been a bit of a struggle because it's just more of the same, right? It's not coming to the point where what, 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 uh, Kishore mentioned, where you're saying, like, how do I now get to that point? Um, so there is that sort of aspect. So in that sense, that you know, this is a Bit 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 too much in terms of, you know, can we do? Can we can we move on? Kind of thing, feeling, right? I think the other thing which is kind of sort of uh, bothering me actually is, given that we're back to sort of our pre-COVID sort of lifestyle, I'm finding myself drawn increasingly towards material things again, right? Which had which had sort of ebbed, if you will, in that sort of two-year period, right? And I don't like it anymore. I mean, I, I, yet I'm unable to let go, right? And and I know if I don't let go, if I don't sort of chase those material things, particularly at this stage of our lives, you know, and that's where sort of that, that sort of funny sort of feeling is coming into my head, which is, you know, I need to do something different and I am unable to do it. So it's a bit of some, somewhat frustrating, if you will. Right. Uh, so no, again, no reflection on sort of what, what Bhagwan has to say on the, in this chapter. Sorry, I didn't mean any of that. Obviously, a lot of all of that sort of makes sense. And there are millions sort of aha moments in there. I'm just kind of sort of, in a way, sharing with this group. So sort of my state of mind in, in that sort of sense.
0: Guns, you raised your hand.
7: Hey, uh,
10: it's a it's a beautiful point. Uh, that Ajay brought up, uh, that you brought up, Ajay. Um, In my mind, right, that's what's wrong with chasing material things? Absolutely nothing wrong. Um, We cannot even live without materials, right? (laughs) Uh, Because, uh, I mean, you can call it whatever you want, ignorance or... uh, you're doing, going in the other direction of what is required to do and all that stuff. But um, to your point, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID, um, it's it's all back to the same kind of grind and, um, and trying to do, you know, trying to be the during COVID kind of Ajay or me and and the rest of us but I also believe that we've traveled the journey and the thinking has changed so as long as I mean the fact that you are yourself realizing that itself I feel uh, I, I go through this on a daily basis right whatever you're saying but the fact that we are realizing we, that we are there uh, that we feel that way itself is a is a good step forward i feel um, i I don't think we can get away from hey sorry i thought i uh, I wasn't moving around um yeah so I thought that i was uh, um, I, i'm sorry I, I don't think we can get away from uh, feeling that way. Feeling how you are feeling, um, but once in a while, you know, we meet once a week here, and you know, once in a while, even if we are not meeting, we individually feel, hey, we, we should, we should try and control this or that, and that's uh, that's a small step forward. That's uh, that's kind of the journey, I guess. No, I, I can't explain it more.
7: <laughs> no, I, I, I agree, Guns. I mean, this is something which I would I would have never thought like previously. So yeah, in that sense, it's a journey and I'm sure the journey goes through its ups and downs. So maybe this is, yeah. this is all of that. So no. And, uh,
10: you know, then uh, I'll tell you, the, the last time I went to, uh, in, in June, I was in India again and I wanted to go see uh, Swamiji again and meet him, but I did not do it. So now I'm telling myself, okay, I'm going back in December, January, I have to make time and go and do it. And the, the more we do these things, the more we kind of keep pulling back against, you know, the, the stuff we are talking about.
1: I saw two hands raised. But then it,
6: it, hey, not... uh, yeah, but that's one of them was mine. And uh, yeah, uh, going through the cycles, Ashish, uh, I too have this, uh, this thing, right? Sometimes I feel more in line with the teachings of the spiritual things that we are reading and sometimes i'm less so and being uh, aligned to these kind of satsangs kind of uh, uh, get us uh, back to uh, you know uh, get, get us back to the uh, paths that we ought to be in uh, sorry ajay ashish uh, but yeah i, I I think it is natural till we reach the end goal to have the cyclical nature of uh, how firm we are in on our uh, journey,
3: right? So, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, so I was just uh, going to say, Ajay, that's, uh, that's in a way natural, and I think what Gunt said that... Uh, uh, the fact that you're realizing it and I always at least console myself with the same thing that, hey, listen, three years ago, I had no clue about all this stuff. But at least now I'm contemplating about uh, my own behavior and at least trying to be a quote, quote unquote, a good person, right? Uh, trying to live those values. So I think that is uh, definitely a good start. And from whatever I have read, you know, the journey can be very, very long. So, but the point is, the sooner you start, the better it is. And uh, as I think kishore was saying, the last point I would make is that it, it's almost always goes to the first principles, which is that vivek and viragya, right? So, the moment you start thinking about uh, vivek part of it, which is saying, do I do this or do I not do this, and am I doing it with the uh, you know the bhavnas uh, that we have talked about, which is basically for the greater good, or am I trying to be selfish? I think the the more you start testing yourself on that particular point, it just only gets better, right? Um, so, so I think those keeping those first principles in mind, at least that has what has worked for me. And I totally agree with you. As we are getting back into the normal routines, uh, it is hard to you know keep your schedule or be more. Uh, sort of cut off from the world, which I think is uh, important if you are trying to get some more variety in your life. So just some some thoughts on what you said.
7: No, thank you.
1: Uh, Alpana, Mukho and Subur, did you raise your hand? Yeah, I did. I did.
8: <coughs> I'll, I'll join in later.
1: Okay. Go ahead, Alpana.
0: So, uh, Yeah.
2: I think we discussed two different things. One is where you feel disconnected. So I think uh, there, I find yes, the solution is just start listening to something or just start reading something, and you get the connection back. Um, you do feel disconnected in terms of uh, uh, you yeah, going back to a little bit materialistic side and um, just reading, even though you may not feel like it helps bring you back into into the same topic. So that's more of disconnection. But the second point, um, what I have noticed is uh, there are certain Prakriya grants Prakriya grunts are where the process is told and uh, which are Sagar, Panchalishi, those are more of Prakriya grunts. Uh, in that, what I noticed was uh, there in the form of Q&A and some of the questions asked, we feel that we are convinced about this knowledge and when you read those questions you feel ah yeah that sounds logical um so we don't even have those questions at this point in time but in the process i don't think we are 100 percent still convinced that there is a brahman and we are brahman and that is the only reality so those prakriya grants they help unravel those things they may feel very dry but they actually really open the questions up and convince you because i think there are two problems either we are not convinced about you know whatever the the scriptures are saying they are correct or the second one is that the reality that we see around is just too strongly ingrained in us so we are unable to overcome that so those are the two those are the only two problems why we are not realizing this thing so the conviction one gets resolved if you go through some of these uh, texts and the questioning that they do you find that all the other philosophies are also very very logical and just by listening to the overview we may feel oh why are they not thinking like an advaitin Uh, But they are very, very logical. And that's where then the real questioning of uh, these facts come. And then when you get the conviction, it will be more and more stronger. So, yes, the fifth chapter in itself may not because, again, the interpretation is still pretty uh, at a superficial level. I mean, there are commentaries which go into pages for each of them as well, which will go more deeper into it. But rather than, than just picking up another Gita and another Gita, other commentary on that, you can think of uh, using some of those uh, texts as well, which actually just are q on these topics. That can help too.
5: Well said, Dr. Hukum. Uh Yeah, th- thanks, sir, Rajesh. Uh, so the, just the perspective there is, um, at least this is kind of how I, I kind of uh, look at perspective from my side is, see, it's not the action whether you create wealth, th- there has to be intensity of karma, right? That cannot be taken away. The key is the context of the action. When I say context of the action, why, why do you do what you do, right? A lot of times if you look at, oh, I want to create wealth because I want to create wealth, you know, whatever, right? Just as I and mine, the wealth is attributed to yourself, right? To ourselves that's the context so for example you know if I'm I'm at work I'm doing some extra work whatever right if they stop paying money will I do it right I won't right so the the so that 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 very difficult to change right um, so one thing I find always e- easy is as I reflect on this right I change the context to saying I'm I'm now surrendering the outcome to you right uh, so that's one easy technique I'm using the word technique right uh, is where you can easily switch the context at least for me i can easily switch the context uh, right that works for me right when i when i'm saying the greed comes in you know i and mind the wealth comes in right then i say okay i'm just offering it back to you right it's a more of a mental offering not necessarily i take the money and give it off uh, to somebody but i'm just detaching myself from the outcome in a subtle way right the Ishwararpanam is uh, works well for me as as an approach uh, the second point i think is uh, even looking at spiritual clarity, um, there's nothing wrong with creating wealth, right? It's always if you if you if you look at all the underlying, so context is what uh, always they're trying to change, right? Krishna himself was a king, you know. When you when you have a king, you know, you need you have an economic department. You need to create wealth for the co- country, right? So that was never a problem. It is just where we get attached. Uh, the identity becomes attached, right? The I and mine get attached to the wealth. That is the subtle part we can work on, right? As long as any technique, one technique is Ishvarpana. Uh, you can say, I'm not the doer, right? I mean, there are many, many ways. If you look at the scriptures, they give you many ways. Each of us will resonate with one over the other, right? Uh, and sometimes the other technique that resonates with me is I'm like, sometimes I get into stressful situations. So I'm getting ready for a large meeting. Will, I, will they judge me? Those type of meetings, right? Then I sit back a few minutes and then say, I'm the Brahman and everybody else is a reflection of me, right? And then the, the inner space becomes ease. Right? Very true. This is a very practical way, right? Whenever, whenever there is anxiety in me, whenever I catch it, I look at one of the truths and apply it back on me. Right? Whatever the con- circumstantial, uh, you know, will will I, you know, will get will I get this project or not? Because I run a small business, right? So I'm in sales situations. Then I say, Ishwar Arpanam." That's it. Usually, what you got. The whole idea is when your inner space is just completely at ease. Ease. This is what I'm beginning to realize, right? As an experience then the beautiful outer manifestation happens of that reality, right? What needs to happen will happen beautifully. You know, you'll get the business, you'll get the deal, you'll create the wealth. And, you know, you're still not attached to it because you know, it is clearly happening because of a force that is beyond you uh, and you're not playing in it. And slowly that's how the identity also starts dissolving. Uh, You know, you think you're running the world, you slowly move away from that idea. It's a process. But uh, the point I'm making is these truths are techniques that we, I remember, in context, right? Whenever I there is there is there is a need, I reflect and say apply one of those tools at the time, and then the, the anxiety just eases out. Uh, and then then you just observe the world as it happens before you, without oh you know you are in a meeting you lose a deal you observe it very very indifferently right You when a deal you are not like oh yeah you know this I did it right nothing you you just everything goes into nishar mode. that's kind of how I see this helping me uh, again not well journey.
8: said well said yeah.
5: Beautiful, Mukhu.
1: Thank you. Go, Subhu. Your, your mic is on. Yeah. Your, your.
8: Okay. No, I think uh, I completely resonate with what, uh, you know, uh, Mukhu has said, right? Um, you know, end of the day, uh, you know, when we are in this world uh, and we know that karma is something that we need to be a part, and when there is prakriti, there is action, and there is action, you have to be a part of that action. There is nothing taking away, whether it is, you know, classifying it as, you know, Sathya sahib used to say, you know, classifying something as material and spiritual itself is not the right approach, you know, for a spiritual seeker, you would say that, you know, you have to go to the college, you have to do the teaching, you go do it, that is your work, you have to do that, there is no uh, shying away from that. And say that, you know, I want to sit and meditate or I want, he would actually say that you need to do, you know, being in the world, you need to do action, and it's uh, the nature of Prakriti to be in action. Having said that, I think, uh, very much with Mukku when he says that, you know, end of the day, I think what how we can go about this action is how do we sanctify this action on a daily basis, right. Uh, so the, the the key to sanctifying is that, you know, being thankful, being grateful, being, you know, in sync, and not looking f- to the, you know, fruits of the action, but being in the process. Uh, you know, um, you know, I really like the way he said, you know, there have been board meetings when I have also, you know, had the stress, But the moment I switch on to this thing that, you know, uh, people, you know, I'm a part of the whole and, you know, it's basically, uh, you know, Brahman who's there everywhere else. It's Brahman who's dictating me to say and do certain things in a certain way. And uh, I receive it. Okay. And what happens to me as a consequence of this kind of a thought process is that I'm free from stress. I'm free from the anxieties of, you know, what the outcomes are going to be, right? Um, You know, one of the lectures I've heard, he used to say that, you know, the the essence of Gita is to do the duty and leave the rest to him, that Ishwara Arpanam, what he's saying, talking about, right? Uh, And in this entire thing, what happens is that when you constantly keep thinking at the consequence of action, your process becomes, uh, you know, uh, what do you say, uh, it's not full, right? I mean, you you keep thinking about what, what is going to happen at the end of it, then you don't give 100% to the process. So the entire journey of life is to give 100% to the process, whatever be it, material, spiritual, I mean, the way we classify things, we have to be a part of it, but let us sanctify it as an offering. And let us continue to you know uh, be this journey, then there is no uh, attachment to the, you know, fruits of the action. And therefore, this karma palatyagam the way we speak about, it. I think it all comes down to that again, and how we actually put this in daily
0: life. Yeah. Nice, Subhu. Kishore? Oh, yeah, you know, I think uh,
9: Subhu articulated it really what I wanted to say, but uh, this one thing in addition is, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm completely, again, uh, Ajay, you put it across very well. How do we uh, keep remi- reminding ourselves in the midst of a uh, lot more activity than it used to be before? And uh, one way to look at it, I think, would be look at it as an opportunity to apply karma yoga. Right, it's an opportunity. It's a test, and can we do it? Right. Now that we uh, we kind of learned how things work from a karma yoga perspective. theoretical level now in the midst of action can we do that can we apply it and instead of looking at it as uh, okay uh, now that pandemic is over and we're back to work and uh, completely is it uh, possible to use it as okay yeah now here is an opportunity for me to uh, try this out right so that's one second point is uh, here is this is also a point I mean again in terms of um, bringing the mind to a tranquil state, to equanimity, um, and also to be that way throughout. I, I also look up to other philosophies and texts, right? Uh, in the, as I mentioned, I think many of uh, know that I've also been practicing Yoga Sutras in, in parallel, especially the Yamas and Niyamas, um, which again is not in conflict, right? Uh, you know, Swami Ji, Guru Paranda when, uh, in his lectures of Yoga Sutra, says that yes, uh, there is a uh, there is a con- in, in terms of uh, the the way they look at it, in the high philosophical sense. In the end, yes, there is a difference. But even there, obviously, the difference will melt once I understand understanding comes through. But but other than that, all the other things leading up to it, it's all the same. So um, I, I I personally. I uh, saw so a lot of benefit um, following the, uh, the Ashtanga Yoga uh, uh, path in terms of the daily, um, what we can apply. So I, I look at it as something that goes in parallel, uh, is, is how I see it. And all of these things are opportunities to apply. And uh, then, you know, that uh, thing goes away in terms of, oh, now I, I'm, uh, I don't have enough time so can we, can we apply it in daily life uh, in that sense? Right? So uh, that's the other uh, point that I want to bring up.
1: I don't know who raised their hands. Thanks, Kishore, for that. Whether it was Gunz or Manu first, one of you can go. Hey, Manu, uh, please go
0: ahead.
11: You, you can go ahead. I think you had raised it first.
0: Oh, OK uh we will stop then I'll start okay
10: um hey uh the other thing that uh, I completely agree with everything in fact in the uh, in I don't know if it's in this chapter but that that um taking pleasure from what we do is is actually uh, something that, Comes up in the Gita, right? He says that you can. Krishna says you can actually enjoy everything. You know, take it as my offering. So that's the other, uh, I guess, attitude that we can we can have. Um, I wonder if you know if we feel guilty also, like when we
0: do these things.
10: Oh, I, yeah, I know all this theory, but now I'm violating every, everything that's, that's what uh, that comes up here. And what the hell is going on? Like, why am I doing this? Right? Uh, I don't think we should feel guilty at all. Uh, I can tell you, I don't in the least bit feel guilty. Uh, because uh, it's, a, it's a natural human thing. Um, More
7: than goods uh, to me, it's uh, it's impatience. That's probably part of my type thing, which is yeah. I, I know the theory, so I need to put it into action and quickly. <laughs>
10: yeah, the the action is the tough one, right? Uh, but I, I do think back to our uh, trip to Tiruvannamalai. You know, once in a while, taking such a journey uh, definitely makes a lot of lot of uh, real good good stuff. The uh, the other thing I just wanted to make a comment on is what Alpana was talking about the conviction. Um, I can tell you that's a complete U-turn for me personally. That there is very strong conviction in in the in what you know what's there in, in the Gita and all the scriptures. Uh, because I I do also go and I. I I was very, very skeptical, uh, you know, uh, coming from very theoretically scientific and and all that um, perspective. And um, in fact, I find that it is extremely scientific. And a lot of of people uh, either refuse to see it or they just don't make the effort to see it. So there's Absolutely no question. It is scientific and it's based on individual experience and all that. You can call it faith-based, religion, all that stuff. But uh, we have to experience it for ourselves.
12: That's that's basically.
1: Thank you, Gun. When I when I'm going to uh, share my thoughts, I will I'll I'll take a couple of things from what you said. Manu?
11: Hi, thanks. Um, great discussion. Um, and I'm really, um, you know, I, I, I think I'm at a different stage, probably much behind a lot of you uh, folks, um, because for me, I'm, I'm, uh, I think this chapter is reinforcing some of the things that we've been learning and we've been talking about. So um, a little bit different, um, you know, experience that I'm having with this chapter. Um, I, I I really have liked some of the ways that you know those are th- these are things that we yeah, have like Ajay you had mentioned we've read about them or we've um, discussed these um, items before but I, I still find myself you know it, it's a good uh, reinforcement for me um, like when they talk about uh, the text talks about the dreamer waker um, in in uh, I think it's Shloka 16. And he, he talks about how the waker is not known or understood by the dreamer, but then the dreamer becomes the waker in, in terms of how, you know, you move from this state to the realized state, you can think of it. So to me, that's, it was like an aha moment that it makes it clear for me to understand, you know, how it might work. Um, at, in terms of um, applying all these learnings on a daily basis uh, of course it's hard and uh, and you know we all have our own different ways but i just wanted to share uh, one thing where you know uh, we we had this experience where my older daughter uh, had done something so she basically backed one car one of our cars into the other car so we you know both cars have a little bit damage. so so Um, And it was, you know, she was going for an event and we didn't want to mess it up for her. So I told my husband, let's not say anything to her, you know, let it go. So that was fine. And we let it go with her. But then later we were talking about it and, you know, um, and my younger daughter was in the car with us and she said, "Um, how come when there's something bad happens, then we keep talking about it all the time. But when something good happens or something bad doesn't happen, we don't talk about it. And I'm like, that is such a great way to think about things. And, you know, I was able to drop that issue from my thinking, you know, brain totally. And I have not gone back to it. And, and I keep thinking about that. And I keep trying to apply that way of thinking when something bad happens. So I, I think these, you know, I, I feel like Having been on this path, I'm able to recognize some of these other inputs that come in um, and and I'm able to apply them, and it helps uh, to remain on this path.
0: Beautiful Buddha, thank you. Muku.
5: Yeah, thanks, Ayesh I think one one comment on on guilt, right on on wealth uh, or any any or anything like that, right? <clears throat> Just to kind of uh, The BAPS, just kind of, I'm giving some anecdotal examples, right? Where, I mean, the spiritual essence is that nobody says wealth is bad, right? Nobody says living a full life is bad, right? Uh, Sanyas is a path, but again, bogi can also be a path, right? Uh, It looks at all these paths as as possibilities. So one example is, you know, BAPS, when they started off, right? You know, BAPS now has... Each of the temples is a few thousand crore temples, right? Uh, around the world, they built about 10 plus temples. The first one, you know, they had three sannyasis, the, the monk, the head monk, had them do diamond business, right? So basically, three sannyasis were given the task to run the diamond business. Uh, but the sannyasis can, what are they doing the business for? Nothing for them, right? So they're building, they said, we're going to build this temple. So you need to find, you need to create wealth for it, right? So the, they did the business like any other businessman, right? But the context of the wealth, Creation they there, nothing in it for it. They're just doing it for the for building this temple, right? So that is how the first temple was funded. Again, not many know this fact. Uh, right? The first temple was funded largely by those three sannyasis who did diamond business from Bombay, right? Uh, and then it happened. So the point I'm making is, it's again, is a technique. Wealth is not to be looked at with guilt. Uh, you know, the context of the wealth, again, is, is the important part. Right? The context of the action is important part. You like mango, eat mango. The context is how do you, with con, what context you eat. You like pastry, you eat pastry, right? You indulge in yourself, but always remember the context, right? And sometimes you know you, you'll forget, right? It's okay, right? Then you go back when you remember it. Uh, that's the point. So the, again, the wealth is not, uh, or pursuing wealth itself is not bad, right? Uh, I mean, my guru always says that if you are, you know, this there's a popular notion that you know uh, poor. This uh, seeker is poor and broke, right? Uh, seeker means you, you should not have wealth. He says, That's a wrong notion. He says if you are truly spiritually growing, right? If you are transforming con- your consciousness, wealth will happen as a byproduct. He says if you are if you are meditating ten hours of the day, wealth is not happening around you. Be sure you are on the wrong path. He says it's guaranteed you are on the wrong path, right? Wealth has to. The, he says the wealth is the dust. When you walk, when you're enlightened, it has to happen that way. That is, the, that is how it is. Because you, know, you will enrich. I mean, wealth here doesn't mean money, right? Wealth is auspicious, the fulfillment. It's just not money, right? I'm not saying money. Money will happen also as a byproduct. That way, if you look at Satya Sai Baba, right? You look at all these master's life, Osho, right? It is not. They're not trying to make money, right? It's not even the idea, right? They're saying, I've experienced something ultimate. I want to share it with you. Right? And they keep talking, they keep. They just relentlessly work on that idea, one central principle. Uh, hey, I found something amazing, I want to share it with you. And then the wealth is a byproduct. So again, i just, I'm kind of saying because it's wealth, a lot of philosophies, I know this wealth is looked at as guilt, uh, but the, the true essence of our, our scriptures, uh, that is why if you look at all the gods, you know, the kings, they're all, you know, gold, and, you know, they're just absolutely glorifying, you know, in the outer world. So it's, it's just inner world is Overflowing, outer world is overflowing. That is truly the an enlightenment, enlightened principle, right? No need to feel guilty about anything. Guilt is guilt, if anything else, is the guilt and anxiety is anything else is takes us away from the goal. Right? Anything that drops the guilt or anxiety is takes you towards the goal. This is a perspective. Beautiful.
1: Okay. So uh, you know, Mukha, I really love the way that you said both inside and outside you know, wealth. I mean, it's not uh, trading of one to the other. It's basically both. That's very beautiful. So a um, couple of things, you know, I think, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure all of us have seen Titanic movie multiple times, right? So uh, there is a point in time when the Titanic ship, uh, you know, the captain sees, the captain sees that uh, there is an iceberg. And if he hits that iceberg, the ship is going to, you know, go under. And then they decide that's the wrong course of action what they need to take and they steer the ship. Unfortunately, it's a little too late in the Titanic's journey to you know escape the particular iceberg and it hits the iceberg and the ship actually sinks. Fortunately, in the journey where we are going through, if you want to change the direction I mean, the first, the very fact that we want to change the direction, I think it's it's a very very powerful uh, thing, and fortunately, even if there is an iceberg, Krishna guarantees you that you know he's going to take you across.
8: And, yeah. and here is here is
1: the here is the shloka, which I am going to read it for you, and probably even uh, chant it for you and read the meaning for it. But I need to wear respects first for that. In uh, in uh, in the invocation for Gita, it says there's a sloka which goes like this, okay? Bhishma dronatata Tata Gandharani Lotpala Shalyakrahavati Krupenavahani Karnena velakula Ashwatthamavikarna Gora Makara Duryodhana Vartini Sotirna Kalu. So, I'm going to read the whole thing, okay, and probably share one insight from uh, uh, what I, I learned out of this particular thing. It says the meaning of this shloka is the battle river with Bhishma and Drona as its banks and Jayadratha as the water, with the king of Gandhara as the blue water lily and Shalya as the shark, with Krupa and the current as the current. And Karna as the water breakers, right? The big breakers that come in. With Ashwatthama and Vikarna as the terrible makaras, crocodiles, and Duryodhana as a whirlpool in it, okay, was indeed crossed over by the Pandavas, with Keshava as a ferryman. Okay. So you think about, you know, you if you look at this analogy, Bhishma and Drona and the banks, which is basically Bhishman Drona's attachment. And then you have Duryodhana, who is a whirlpool in it, which is your ego, okay. And then Karna as a breaker, you know some wild card coming in between some, Google, you know, what do they call it? Some googly once in a while. Lots of things are, are kind of, you know, shared in this analogy. But then it says very clearly, when you have decided to change the course, okay, Krishna as a ferryman will take the Titanic of your ship to the right direction. So trust it. That's what it says. And, you know, the entire Gita also, I think Krishna also, Krishna Srinivasan used to say this in, in at different stages, Bhagavan says this, you know, you you take me and I will you take me and I, I will take you take you there, right? And that's one thing. And second thing is in terms of whether there's nothing new that we are learning in chapter five. I think Swami Ji's point that I remember he keeps saying once in a while he says that the only thing that you're learning is basically you know Brahma Satya Jagat Jagat that's it. The entire Vedanta is that, right? Whether you like it or not you're only learning more and more things to either reinforce Brahma Satyam, Vitya. okay. And the amount of uh, uh, conviction that we have that Brahma Satyam or the amount of conviction we have that Vitya will make you go in the right direction. Okay, so till such time that you are convinced 100% on either side, Brahma Satyam and Vitya. okay. It's 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 a path of continuity that whatever that we are, the nature that that will act on us. Till such time, we will not see the brahmana or the cow or the elephant or the cow or the dog eater as the same. That's the shloka. What it says, and you know, I think uh, it's it's really really powerful because um, um, there's no not, nothing wrong in where we are, and uh, nothing wrong in doing what we have to do in our life, as long as uh,
0: we know what the direction that we are heading in. And will we get there? Answer is no doubt about it. We will get there. Go ahead, Guns. Unmute yourself. Okay, can you hear me? Okay, thanks. Yeah, hey, uh,
10: sorry to bring this up, but uh, it's Chaturmasa, right? And I can tell you there is one person in that group who eats something without absolute guilt, zero guilt eating that, and that's VP. And he keeps talking about mangoes all the time. And I'm sitting here, I can't get my hands on mangoes, but the guy always keeps eating mangoes. So just talk to VP and all will be fine.
0: <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to
10: pick
3: on VP. <laughs> Actually, but he good, keeps bringing this, up this... mangoes
10: all the time and I'm going like, okay, enjoy those mangoes.
3: <laughs> Actually, this time uh, I have tried to eat less mangoes and I've been fortunately successful. So this this month has been more <clears throat> about dry fruits. So I found a new... Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You probably Rajesh, found something else.
8: You need to also share where <laughs> these mangoes are. Huh? Uh, being in Gurgaon, I want to know.
3: <laughs> there, there are plenty available. Still, I think okay. probably this is the last week. After this, they'll disappear.
7: I'm
8: not got okay, Two more hands
3: raised. Sibu and uh, Sakuba.
8: No, 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 I think uh, I was just trying to add on to whatever you said, right? And whatever, you know, we've been discussing about, uh, you know, uh, surrender, right? And to me, I think uh, when all this discussion was happening, I was just uh, reminded of the, the same sloka in Bhagavad Gita, that is Sarva Dharma, Paritya, Chamaam, Ekam, Sharanam, Bhaja, Aham Tua Sarva Papebio. He says, you may be the worst of sinners, but Maasuchaha, you know. Aham Tua Sarva Papebio, Ma Maasuchaha. So he says, I will give you, you know, um, you know, salvation and moksha and worry not, you know, just take refuge in me. Right. And I know that's the summon crux of everything. And actually speaking, you know, even Sathya Sai Baba used to say, this whole world, if you try and believe that it is a divine play, right, there is nothing called failure right um and there is a story in Bhagavadam. i'm not able to recollect it fully but you know there is a sequence of you know uh you know narada and krishna walking uh and you know uh, they come across you know three four uh you know uh different kinds of animals and uh, you know narada asks krishna to bless and krishna blesses and the person and, the, and that particular animal dies you know and then there is a calf and there is some two three things and then finally they enter a kingdom and then they see that there is a you know new ba- newly born baby and the newly born baby starts speaking, and it says that uh, you know thank you very much I was so and so you know a few uh, you know uh, a few hours ago and you know you blessed me I became this then you know you again came across me and you blessed me again I became this, and today now I'm I'm you know born in the. House of a king, right? So, so if you look at it from a larger perspective, right, and it is a divine play. There is nothing called failure, you know. It in the in the in the full mastery of uh, you know things that is happening there. I think we just need to learn to accept and move on. And I think uh, to me that uh, sloka also was something that I was reminded of, saying that Ma Suchaha is something that you will keep hearing in Gita, saying that you know, worry not, worry not, even after giving you the highest of philosophies. He says, "Worry not, worry not. Just take refuge in me." You know, that's that's the beauty of the entire thing. That's what I wanted to share, yeah, that's the word, yeah. Thank you, thank you,
7: so That's very helpful. So Kuba.
12: Yeah. So, so, yeah, so um, you know, uh, <clears throat> great discussion. So I also uh, felt like what uh, Ajay Ajay is going through, and uh, go go on that uh, guilt trip actually, and and uh, uh, but then I realized that it is because you know. Uh, we are we are neither here nor there, I mean, it's like, like, you know, uh, you, know you talked about, uh, uh, you know, leaving it to Krishna or complete surrender, I, I don't think, uh, you know, that is also happening, or what uh, Mukku talked about, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, like, you know, he quoted, uh, say, Sathya Sai Baba or uh, Osho, you know, earning wealth and uh, doing it for a larger purpose. But clearly, I am not doing it that way. Also, so I'm I'm you know I may be doing a little bit of charity, but that's a, that's it, right? I'm primarily I'm earning for me and uh, you know my family. So it is, uh, it, so even that is also not true. So 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 go through this kind of uh, you know confusions or whatever it is. But then I, I think the solution is also there. Like what Anupama, sorry, Alpana talked about. You know, in terms of. Reading more or listening more to reinforce this, and probably going through the uh, again and again till it gets kind of institutionalized. So, probably it is not fully institutionalized, and that's why it is happening. So, so that's that's what I want to just uh, share.
5: Yeah, and that, that's a good way to put it, right? I think that's a journey, right? That is the nature of journey, right? And then, and then, and the only thing is that's why you know the Uh, Satsanga and reading, you know, that is that is important. That throws us back into into that higher truths, makes us remember that. Yeah. Uh, Is maybe one more comment? I think I heard. Oh, it's difficult to lose ego, right? Easy. I think what I've over the years have realized uh, is that that putting that word, attributing a characteristic, right, easy, difficult, is 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 kind of a crook, right? It is it is what it is, right? Uh, the minute you say difficult, it will become difficult. The minute you say it is easy, it is. That's so why if you look at gurus who say it is easy, they they enlighten more people. Some people will say it is difficult. It is very difficult to make it. So what I've understood, what uh, uh, insight I've got personally, is that it is, it is, it is what it is, right? And it could be. That's why they say the enlightenment is a quantum leap. It can happen anytime. right? It doesn't need. There's no prerequisite of 10,000 hours of meditation before you can experience it. You um, that's the analogy. You know, you in a dark room, you bring lamp, the la- room is lit. The da- room could have been dark for 20,000 years, but it is about lighting that lamp and that can happen anytime so i think just just uh, you know just don't attribute a characteristic <laughs> to it right it is it can happen now is the possibility right that's how we all need to at least the, the possibility needs the the, the possibility need, flame needs to be kept inside it can happen now with that view not saying oh difficult i need five more buds because whichever possibility you keep in front that's what will manifest uh, if you keep the possibility it is now, that possibility of now will manifest. If you, if you think the possibility is after five births, uh, possibility of five births. If you keep the possibility it's difficult, the life it will manifest that way. If you keep the possible, the lens it is easy, it will manifest that way. If you keep the possibility, let it happen. It's a grace. It will happen that way right now. Right. Then uh, there are many i mean, many many historical references um, in Bhagavatam also that very subtly points to this truth. Um, so it just is I think you do we do our part and then you know Krishna will do what he needs to do, right? And there's no nothing difficult, there's like even you know, the dog eater. I mean, there's no judgment. You don't have any judgment to the effort, not to the outcome or the possibility. Because the, the only truth is it can happen now for all of us, irrespective of what you carry, how we think you. Uh, You know, how bad of karma we are, whatever we are, how much punya we've done, how much papa we've done. All that is all notions that that got no relevance in the next plane. So the possibility exists now. That's what the firm routine needs to happen there. And then let it spiral out from that point. Whatever happens, happens beyond that point. Just one, I want to share that. Well said, Bukhu. Well said. And,
1: Very and, nice. And I just want to add to this. Okay, I think maybe at this stage Krishna is thinking, Arjuna. I told you this in chapter two. You did not get it. <laughs> Three, four, five. Also, I'm saying now you're saying you're getting bored. Okay, that basically means your mind is a big trouble. Next chapter, I'm going to teach you meditation. Then you'll say, "My mind is a much bigger trouble." Then you <clears throat> what you need to do to calm your mind and then to meditation. So, I and, guess, you know, that's the journey
7: what Gita is taking us into. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a process, right. And, uh, you know, I keep thinking, I mean, there are two factors that sort of can prevent you from making the change from, say, karma to karma yoga, for example, right? One is conviction or the lack of it. And the second, uh, I'm just going to think of it out here, is your vasanas, which take time to wither away or change or transform, right? And frankly, in my mind, I feel like I hear a lot of arguments about Atma Bodha, who am I and Brahman and everything else. I feel like I'm at a point where I I don't think I'm, I'm doubting any of it anymore, okay? And there is enough faith and Shraddha around the concept, as Gun said, you know, it's very scientific, and you know there is a lot of uh, you know confidence in listening to all the all the swamis that we that we often listen to. So, in my sort of mind, I feel like I'm there. I don't think that's an issue at all, frankly. I mean, I you know if somebody said otherwise, I would say no, that's wrong, right? But maybe it's kind of the vastnas which just take time to change, transform evolve and uh, so when I see myself sort of not for example doing that Ishwaratpana, right for everything that I do I'm like why don't I do this more often why cannot I do it why do I sort of get into if you will the rat race right or you know not do things the way Gita is teaching us to karma yoga right and do I do it sort of Often, no, I don't. Do I try? Yes, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I get carried away. So I guess that's where the sort of disconnect, if you will, is. I don't think I have any, I mean, I think chapter five is beautiful. I think the shlokas are great. Uh, I think there's a lot to glean from them. There's a lot of aha moments. So not for a moment, I'm suggesting, uh, unless kind of if, if somebody thinks otherwise. I think there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the chapter. Aside. When I say I'm not bored, I'm just saying that where does this go from here? is like my, is my sort of anxiety. Good point. It? But this is, this, But I think all the points that everyone made was great because I think it just helps me center back into where I need to be because one gets distracted and lost, confused, all those different sort of emotions. So thank you everyone for all the comments.
0: Alpar? Okay.
2: Just on the conviction one, Ajay, but then what stops you from saying you're free? So,
0: exactly the conviction. The
7: conviction, I think, you know, the, the, and again, I'm kind of breaking it into two parts, which may not be correct, and that might effectively reflect my lack of conviction, maybe. But, but, uh, but yeah, conviction for me is that, you know, do I doubt that? Um, The answer is no. Um, But, there is that sort of that sort of leap of faith in terms of how I live my my life. Uh, how do I change that? I mean I, I or rather, I'm trying to change it and I'm not it's, I'm not being able to make that 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 leap fast enough or at a, at, a, at a rate that I would like it to be. So, yeah, I mean, you might be right that, that it might be like like a full con- conviction, and that's probably true for anyone who's not received, not achieved enlightenment at yeah. some level, right? So yeah, I mean, you, you, you will always have shortfall there until you get to that final sort of point. But uh, no, I mean, I, I have, you know, in my mind, and I'm like somebody who's a, like, at some level a believer, you know? So the, the journey for me is like, I'm a believer now, as far as Vedanta is concerned, right? Yeah. And the question is, how do I become a true seeker? Right, so the journey from believer to seeker is what, I guess, is that sort of next step, right? But I'd like to believe that, you know, we're all seekers, and we are seekers, but then, you know, you want to seek and get on with it. And, yeah. uh, and this I, else... I wonder what that, what's that holding us, holding me back and sort of, why yeah. am I not doing it? What is that sort of inertia that is not letting me get out of that, that sort of zone?
2: usually we are convinced that there is brahman and there is that underlying reality i think that where the conviction lacks is i am that i don't think we can say with 100 percent conviction that i am that brahman
7: yeah you're right you're right and i think that whole struggle between the big and the the, the big and the small i is is is, is, is definitely there and you know again, again it's it's back to the same thing you know i understand the thing and i know it should be that how do I shed
0: the I actually that I will drop
2: itself that's what so I don't think there's an effort required to drop that I it's to to be intellectually also to understand it that I am that Brahman I think that's where uh, I mean I had asked that question to Swami SPG so I'm responding Mm. to what he said we think we have conviction but no if we, if we say we have conviction, then what is stopping us from saying, I am free? And that's all it takes to be enlightened.
7: So so, so just, just a question for you, Alpana. Have you, been, uh, have you li- listened to this Chapter 5 lectures of Swami SPG Life?
2: I have. Uh, no, no, not. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I have. There so are have, my I've heard, names. <laughs> I've got at least three
7: questions in the last two days attributed yes. to Alpana. I'm assuming it's you. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> so um and i think he only mentioned one sorry one more thing before i I hand over that uh, i think he says very subtly that we keep saying that we have to calm our mind or make it peaceful and serene and he said that's a subtle mistake actually try to keep your mind steady in ups and downs that's different from making it peaceful and serene. But whenever we are faced with ups and downs, try to keep it steady. Because if we don't do that, there's a, there's a chance that we can inculcate weakness and selfishness if we try to keep it serene and peaceful. So he just warned against, and this is in relation to Shloka, I think 20. Yeah.
7: No, I haven't mean, that far. But yeah, think. that's a, that's somewhat one point.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I thought
0: that was very interesting from this these shlokas. Yeah,
8: sorry, Subhu. No, no, no. <clears throat> um, sorry, I just missed um, somebody. I think Manu and Ashish just uh, continue. I just uh, lost my strain of thought. Yeah. Uh,
1: Ashish, you
13: raise your hand. We will get back to you, Subhu. Yeah, sure. I I lost my stream of thoughts also, but uh, I, I would <laughs> directly try to address. Okay, let's
1: go to Balu then.
13: if Otherwise, no, I can I can talk. Uh, so addressing uh, Ajay's question, I think uh, most of us, including me, we we are also there. Like why why we are doing all this materialistic stuff and why still in the rat race? Uh, I think we are supposed to that we are at the right place. Whatever we are doing, that is needed for us for us to grow, and it is kind of like Arjuna in the battle. Uh, he ended up killing so many people, and uh, that probably that was the right thing to do. Uh, so that that's my thought on uh, that that question, and uh, all all the other things which uh, uh, the others have said, you you have to do it with uh, uh, what what's your thought process and the feeling behind it. I think that is that is important. It's it's difficult to get there. Do it with uh, Ishwar. Arpanam, buddhi and uh, all that thing i i think that that's where the struggle is uh, to to reach uh, that state of mind while you're doing all these things apparently which do not align with all that we are learning here uh, secondly on on the repetition chapter five repetition and uh, i i mentioned to Rajesh and muku and i met them Last time in Bay area, that I happened to go to a Ramcharitmanas part, and I realized I used to think that it's 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 a king's story who who was supposedly very just and a good king and the, he was a avatara, and I realized that Ramcharitmanas is also saying the same thing. So you you will start seeing the same thing, same repetition in everything you pick up. So just wanted to point that out. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Nice Ashish. Anu?
11: Yeah, I, I just wanted to share a couple of things um, that I I feel help me or or I find, you know, that, that I'm experiencing these things. So one is when things don't go the way you want them to go. And and you know, um, so these are basically things that are out of your control and they're quote unquote happening to you. I found that. Um, you know, just believing that everything is good and right, and there must be something good in it for me, um, that helps me deal with those situations in a much better way than I ever did before. And and I think that is definitely, you know, that has come from all these discussions that we have. I, and I, you know, that, that uh, conviction that we were talking about earlier, um, I think I have great I I feel like I really have great conviction, and that whatever is happening is best and right for me or for whoever. You know, I try to tell my kids this too, to to think this way. Um, and the other thing is, you know, when you do something that uh, you're you know you should not be doing, like when I get mad at people and you know I'm like yelling at my kids or whatever, and I know that like ideally it's not the right thing to do. Um, i i have learned to sort of separate that out and i know i, I think i has said this many times that it's okay to do what is needed to be done as long as you know you're not getting caught up in it and so i, I try to actively practice that and um, even i think about it when i'm mad at them and yelling at them I'm, I'm also thinking about okay am i like sort of getting all worked up internally or can i separate that out and and um, dropping that guilt of, you know, I should not be getting mad and why am I doing this? I, I, it really helps me to deal with those types of situations. So I just wanted to share these couple of things.
0: Wonderful, Manu. Subbu. Yeah. <clears throat> so so I'm just, uh, you know, sort of uh,
8: taking it from where Alpana was talking about, you know, uh, it is so difficult for us to say that I am Brahman, right? And uh, I have also been pondering as to, you know, why don't we, you know, if we accept everything, what is being said, then why is it that I'm not able to stand up and say that I'm Brahman? And and, and to me, I think um, the answer is probably lying in the fact that, you know, Uh, we have to get ourselves rid of the impurities that we have probably accumulated, call it vasanas, you know, your SRTs and whatever it is. I think it's important for us to purify. It's something like, you know, the mirror is dirty. So clean the mirror as much as possible so that the light, I mean, the image is starting to shine as much. And... uh, you can either be a candlelight or a moonlight or a sunlight. So it all depends upon how much of you know, cleanly, you know, purity you can bring it to your own uh, you know uh, uh, mind, right? Uh, and and the answer is somewhere there is what my sense is, and for us to be able to reach there, uh, my learning has been that um, you know, uh, of course there are many ways, um, but I think service to others is is extremely important and uh, something that really helps you to you know get yourself rid of all these uh, you know uh, impurities that you have probably gathered i think uh, love expresses itself in service um, and if you have equanimity in terms of the way you look at things you see everything as a divine play then i don't think you're going to be harming anybody because you believe that you are an extension of something, which is divine, Uh, you will always have the tendency to help somebody because it is an extension of divine. And you will always be able to love everybody because it's an extension of the divine. And love actually expresses finally in the form of service. And and to me, I think, uh, if you're able to walk that path, I think you will slowly start to purify yourself. And, you know, maybe at some point in time, you know, we will probably reach the destination the way we, you know, want it to
1: be. So I just thought I'll share this, yeah. You know. Fantastic. Thank you. 7.34. And I, I uh, you know, today's satsang, we can make it 100% if Rajiv and Lakshmi say something. Otherwise, all
0: of us have spoken. It's 85% success today.
7: I heard everything. Nothing to add. I think it was a, one of the better satsangs that we had. So nothing to add.
0: That's me. Rajesh, I just came back from India and I was thinking
2: about, um, I mean, what I've experienced uh, from past, previous journeys to India versus now I was comparing aging parents and the guilt I was feeling. And this session helped me a lot In in
11: fact gave me answers to what I was feeling. So very good session.
1: Thank you, everyone. Wonderful. Thank you. So right on time, one minute extra we we took than the extended uh, time slot what we had, but great discussion. Thank you, Ajay, for triggering this thing off. I think you know before we say a concluding prayer, there's one thing that I want to say. At at the end of the day, you know, uh, Ajay, you know, you are a businessman and think like a businessman. You know, what's the ROI? If the ROA is X percent somewhere and the ROA is Y percent, where Y is greater than X, where do I put my efforts in?
0: All
11: right. I, I yeah. thought that, uh, just sorry, one one last thing I wanted to add. I thought that, you know, we, uh, we were talking about it in a different uh, session the other day about how we all breathe the same air and how that, help, that can help you sort of become one with everyone because, you know, even if you are um, fighting with the person you know in front of you, you're all still. We're also breathing the same air. We're you know we're all part of the same ecosystem. I I, I feel like that thought or that that uh, sort of concept really helps me see the oneness in everybody, including you know animals and uh, plants and everything.
1: Awesome. Okay, we have VPs. Yeah. And raised.
3: Yeah, I just, yeah, just a quick uh, announcement uh, book is out. And uh, I happen to read it uh, cover to cover. So I just want to say a fabulous book, guys, you should uh, buy a copy and, and enjoy reading uh, some of the business uh, related stuff.
8: Sure, I think if you can share the link, we could probably
1: place our yeah. orders. Yeah. All right,
8: with that, let's uh,
1: say a concluding prayer. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukinaha, Sarve Santu Niramaya, Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu, Makas Chiddukha Bhaga Om Shanti 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 Sri Guru Bhyo Namaha, Harihi
0: Om. Awesome. Look,
2: uh, 21 to 25 for next time.
0: Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Good to you. Thank you.